Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is the comedy podcast where we speak to the most damaged and mentally unstable people across the whole entire world. No, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. That's the worst way to start it off. <laughs> no, um, no, this is the Comedian's Paradise. This is where we speak to a lot of fascinating and amazing people from across the comedy world. That are mentally damaged. No, <laughs> they are mentally damaged, man. It's fine. You can say that. Like they're all, they're all deranged. Uh, there, there is something clumsy individuals. Yeah, but we talk to the most amazing and fascinating people from across the comedy world. Mm-hmm. That will help comedians like you and me live the comedy journey on our own terms. And it, <laughs> I am at the moment in the Edinburgh Fringe, getting exhausted and having a mind go all over the place it is a great festival but yeah when the numbers are low it can piss the shit out of you <laughs> um even if you do have a good show the edible fringe is mad but i'm coming all the way there and yeah this we've got a special guest for you we've got a guy who is the tony soprano the godfather no we've got a man who's absolutely amazing a, a g a gangster of the comedy world, of comedy club promoting in Bangalore, India, Chennai, everywhere. He's, he's a comedy club promoter extraordinaire called Namit Jain. He, you're going to absolutely love him. He's got insights that will surprise you. He's an absolutely remarkable man. Please say hello to Namit Jain. Hey, hi, guys. Hello. What did you so... make of the intro? It was a bit, it, it was something. It, it was something. I was like, hey, man, this 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 sounds like, you know, every open mic, like, you know, you go to and you wish you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> the most has started already. <laughs> you're like, oh, <laughs> man, like, and, and, you know, and you see the host hyping you up and you're like, oh, fuck, man, my set, oh, it stinks. I, why, why is this host hyping me up so much? What if I bomb now? <laughs> because because you see, see as as comics for you the entire world is an open mic even at every conversation have you have you noticed this Marvin has this has this happened to you that you are in general talking to people and you suddenly start pitching jokes what well, when when you're chatting to people I mean but that's... like you're just having a regular conversation with a, with someone who's not even related to comedy like it's a friend of yours outside the world of comedy or it's a relative of yours. But I think that's part of that's part of the reason why we get into comedy. A lot of us, yeah. Well, well, like, some like, of us, some of us, we're addicted to the laughs. Other people exactly get into because they're, they're failed actors or failed musicians, or, yeah. or they want to be a presenter, or they they go in it. They weren't the funny people, but they're still not quite there. Mm-hmm. Do you get that? One sec. Yeah. 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 My my. You know, the, the most the most Indian thing happened to me. My mother called me in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> what did she say? Uh, no, no, I mean, I cut the call because I cannot take the call right now. Because I know with her, with her the conversation is going to be really long. She's going to ask me about my day and then what did I eat and all of that. And and then I'll, then she'll ask me about my plans for tomorrow. So, which, which I, which I have absolutely no clue about, by the way. That's I'm like, I'll figure out tomorrow once I get up tomorrow. <laughs> That's exactly like my mum. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that the Indians and Orientals and Asians share in common, I suppose. Just, 
Ah, man. Same conversation again and again. But it, it is a funny thing, though, that the funniest people that I know are probably my Asian relatives more so than anyone else. My mum is a lot funnier than I am when she wants to be. Huh. Well, I mean, that, that also is because maybe because of the variety of experience they've had over the years. The kind of transitions they've seen, the amount of cultures they've experienced, and the times they've been in. I mean, see, I, I, I've realized this, that with age, if you're not getting funnier, then maybe you're pursuing comedy wrong. Because with age, you should get funnier. A lot of times what happens in our industry is that with age, people get irrelevant. Whereas it should be the other way around. Like, look at all of the legends who have been in the world of comedy, be it Bob Hope or Bob Newhart or uh, uh, or George Carlin. They all got funnier with age. So... I think two things to that is because they give less of a shit. And they also got more scars, more fucked up things that they've done wrong, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's with age you get funnier. So I've always realized this, that people who are older than you if they have like even the slightest of sense of humor, they will have more jokes than you have just by the virtue of the fact that they have experienced more life than you. You know, they've seen more shit than you. In fact, this annoys me a lot uh, when, whenever I'm, uh, you know, hosting open mics and all, wherein I see like some 20-year-old kid coming and doing like, you know, that preachy brand of comedy, wherein they're talking about the LGBTQIA movement and they're talking about uh, gender identities and they're talking about immigrant crisis and you look at them like bro you're 20 you're 20 you have not stepped out of your state like more than twice in your entire life you are yet to travel you're yet to see the world you're yet to have a real job like talk about stuff that you have experienced and you can understand don't take like you know don't 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 make a comedy set of out of like you know some five headlines you read on guardian that it's even probably bigger in here. I'm surprised that it's a bigger, big issue in India, to be honest. I mm. thought that it wouldn't be as big an issue in India as it is in, in here. It is. It is. It, it's, it's, and, 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 and it gets annoying. You, 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 you literally have to like, you know, go and tell them that, was see, you talk about things that you know. You talk about hooking up. You talk about girlfriends. You talk about your last relationship, you talk about your college, you talk about your career choices, you talk about your family, you talk about your upbringing, you talk about shit that you know. You don't like just make uninformed decisions about things that you have absolutely no idea about because what happens is then they eventually end up being insensitive to the issue and then they get into trouble. And when they get into trouble, suddenly they're like, oh, comedians can't even crack jokes. And it's like, no, man, it's not like you cannot crack jokes. The issue is that you... It was not a joke that you cracked. It was an uninformed statement you made. There's a big difference. If it was funny, people would have still loved it. It wasn't even funny and it was uninformed. Why wasn't it funny? Because you're yet to become that kind of a comedian who can pull off a joke on an issue like this. You have not done this enough. to, to You have not mastered the craft enough to be able to like you know uh, write jokes about a topic of this kind. And, and 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 secondly, you don't even know much about it. So you've got nothing going on for you, neither the craft nor the knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I hear that from a lot of new comics. Like they, they've only done 10 gigs and they say they're uh-huh. this and that comic. And the alarm bells go in my head and say, no, you're going to comedy what you think you are. But when you do it enough, you realize that you're not that. You, mm. you only find out what you are after being 
well, having it, having comedy take the soul from you for a bit, and then you figure yeah. out what you are. Now, my comedy is completely anti-comedy, a bit like Andy Kaufman. Um, it's comedy that I definitely wouldn't choose to do, but for whatever case is, what gets the laugh is I play the idiot on stage. It doesn't work for everyone, but that's what I tend to do that gets the big laughs. And you can't choose that. It's just the way it is. You know, you want to do this and that, but it doesn't work like that. Like comedy is not where you can choose to be this or that. It's not like a video game character where you can customize it to, to fit what you want. Yeah. Oh, this is working out these days. Let me do this. Doesn't work out. It's yeah. You see a lot of that, but people do things because they want to get the fame or they want to yeah. feel good. And what you said there about someone talking about migrant issues or whatever. But, oh, it makes you look good and stays well done. Oh, it makes yeah. you look good in your peers. But you just annoy people as well, because what are you doing to support the claim? There's no good virtue signaling and say you're a nice person. Well done, but you're not doing anything. You just yeah. annoy people. No, and, and the thing is, it's not even funny. My, my biggest concern is still with the fact like, you know, that if you're doing it, then do it right. Make it funny. You're not making it funny. You're... You're giving a TED talk in the name of comedy. Like it's 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 five minutes of preaching with like two jokes in it. And and just because like you know, those two jokes got you like big applauses and people were like, wow, so insightful and all. Yeah, it's great, but it's still not comedy. Yeah. Well that's that's a big thing, isn't it? They people see great comics like George Carlin or Richard Pryor, uh, and you think, uh, oh, I can, I'm smarter, I'm better than everyone else. I I know hmm. some I'm special. And I'm going to be able to do something that took them years to do. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, Marvin, tell me this. Uh, are you just a comic or do you also like produce shows and uh, run Both. a club there? What's the scene? Both. And I think Both. Um, with in the UK, especially with the way things are, because it's getting so and so competitive and more and more people are coming as well as America. And the money being so low, like big clubs can pay very little, and people are so desperate to get on them. Mm. And like to make a full time living from comedy, oof, I think that you like you need a big audience, where you probably got to mm. be a comedy promoter and a comedian to make mm. a good living. That's in comedy now, and let mm. it's it's just the way it is at the moment. I mean, I, I'll be I'll be honest and I'll still say that it's still better than how it is in India because in India, in order to make a full-time living as just a comedian, you just need to be famous. Like in India, club gigs don't pay only. Like I run a club, okay? I only I'm, I can only pay comics who are doing solos or double bills. I can never pay comics who are doing lineup shows because if I start paying comics for lineup shows, then I'll eventually end up making nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a bit, it seems to be a, what do you feel sometimes, do, you, do do comics get annoyed with you for doing that? Or do they, what, do you get a lot of animosity from them? No, 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 that's just how it has been. In fact, uh, with me, I, I, I've kind of been at least a game changer in the city, wherein I have been able to guarantee the local comics regular stage time, because we do two, two open mics every day at the club. Okay, like every day we do two open mics every day at the club, and we are able to pull some crowd. No, 
Yeah. So they are just those comics in general with me are just happy that you know at least this guy is guaranteeing us regular stage time where we can workshop our material. And when it comes to solo shows and all, also with if they are working with me, they make more money than they make anywhere else when it comes to their solo shows and all. Because I try to promote their solo shows at the club level also. Even if they don't have a pull, I use my club's pull to get audience for them. Hmm. It's just that the lineup shows. you cannot pay because there are too many mods to feed in a lineup show and if you feed everyone then you'll not be left with anything for yourself and the problem is that in the lineup shows the club is doing all the marketing when it comes to selling the show in fact a lot of times when 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 you're promoting a lineup show when when you when you're running instagram promotions for it you're getting the posters printed and all of that you're you're sending out whatsapp blasts you basically end up spending almost everything you make in promotions only So you, now there's a big thing. A lot of company promoters stay away from Facebook promoting or Instagram promoting ads because they feel a lot of times it don't work. They get in the groups or they do other things. What are your thoughts on like Facebook and Instagram promoting? Instagram promotions work, man. Instagram promotions work big time. You should just know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, there are there are people who can help you out. There are experts who can help you out. talk to them talk to people who are experts at digital marketing they will teach you how to like you know choose the right audience choose the right budget choose the right timings but instagram promotions work and i can tell you this because i sell most of my open mic and local lineup tickets using instagram promotions how much does it usually cost the as a whole it, it that's the thing see a lot of times i only sell tickets worth uh, 2000 bucks and i after spending like say 2000 bucks okay but the thing is that it's still better than not having a show na that day at the club what one thing i would like to ask you on this what's it, what have you found when you're seeking an expert's help on helping your comedy club is a sign that someone knows what they're talking about and what's a sign that they don't no see i mean i've only seeked an expert's help when it came to digital marketing Uh, when it comes to operations you have to figure your own thing because every comedy club is different every setup is different every place has its own dynamics but uh, experts help is needed in things that like see i know how to set up a comedy club i know my tech really well i know my sound really well i know my layout really well i have three rooms in the same comedy club 150 seater and two 150 seaters okay so i know what tech works for which comic in fact i calibrate the sound i calibrate the light also as per the comic who's doing a show there that day all right so all that i know my operations i know end to end it's primarily the digital marketing wherein i actually sat down and i took an expert's help with search engine optimization with instagram ads with whatsapp blasts with making the right creatives with uh, you know uh, writing the right, you know writing the right show descriptions because everything cumulatively forms your digital marketing strategy and once you crack that once you once you are able to do that that that's when you start selling tickets uh, for your club because see what's important to sustain a comedy club in any country in the world is building an audience for comedy building an audience for the craft not building an audience for the comic because because see a famous comic can pull tickets anywhere a famous comic can put a show in the most obscure corner of the world like like you know like bilber can put a show in 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 some obscure corner of uh, you know texas countryside and he'll still sell out there okay but 
uh how a club would sustain is if you are able to build a culture for people just turning up for comedy shows people just starting to like you know love local comedians as a proposition so that is where we have taken our club to now that we have like our bunch of we have close to a 150 200 regular customers who just drop in randomly and they are just comedy fans they are not fans of any particular comic they are just comedy fans so developing that pool of audience is very important and then that helps us sell shows of local comedians also because any time like any local comedian puts up a solo show or any even even a traveling comedian who's not like really famous and still is very indie comes to the club he's touring with a special and puts a show he gets help from that audience because he sells like say maybe 10 tickets on his own and we sell another 10 tickets for him because our club regulars they just see a new face on the poster and they're like oh it's happening at the club let's go check this guy out yeah but so it's all about yeah but that's one of the things that give perhaps a comedy club an advantage over a comic because unless you're super super big i know a few comedians that with big followings in the uk and their earnings are still quite low whilst with the big comedy clubs their earnings are massive like they're, mm. they're earning the millions but mm. comedians with maybe Hundred thousand or fifty thousand are only just about mm. earning enough to make a full time living in comedy. Most comedy mm. clubs with that sort of following are doing brilliantly. No, because the thing is, those are legacy comedy clubs also. Now, see, comedy is an art form back in the US and in the UK goes back by decades. Comedy club in India is a fairly new phenomenon. I mean, Bangalore's oldest comedy club shut down three years back after running for four years because it ran into losses. and that had also opened like some 7 years back that's just how old this comedy club culture is in the country so for us it will take a really long time to get to a point where in comedy club in itself is a sustainable business most of the comedy clubs currently in the country are running in losses in fact i i would i would go ahead and say that we were one of the fastest comedy clubs in the country to reach reach break even so soon and we did that primarily because of the volume of shows we are doing because we do two open mics a day then over a weekend we do like around 10 to 12 shows every weekend so it's the strength in numbers it's the economies of scale that we are going after that when you do like say when you put together some 20 odd events in a week even if five of them go well you're sorted okay and you learn so, quicker you learn quicker because because uh, and 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 another reason that now now we are doing reasonably well is because we for our day to day running we are not dependent on famous comics for our day to day running we know that we as a club sell tickets and it took us a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of hard work to get there yeah and that's more not dependable because if a famous comic drops out then that will affect then then family. yeah then then you lose the show for that day na day to day running is not possible only with just having famous comics on the lineup i mean it just it does give us the necessary spike as in when we need but in terms of sustenance you really need to be self sustainable it's cheating in a way isn't it to just depend on that all the time for every show that is how the comedy clubs in this country fail na why 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 the reason that the like some of the most prominent comedy clubs in india who were like doing matlab if if you look at like if you if you look at it superficially 
it would seem that they were doing really well but they eventually went bankrupt the reason for that was this only that they were only depending on famous comics to drop in and do shows and it is not sustainable because famous comics cannot keep pulling crowds for you week after week they will do it as a favor for 4 months 5 months 6 months at the most 10 years after that you have to work a model like like you know you have to get to a place where you are self sustainable so why not work on it from day 1 and then it adds even more to to what you already have yeah yeah one but one of the things that I want to get to and I want to ask you on this again is i find that very interesting when you talk about talking to experts helping you understand things that you don't know and i believe fully in that but one of the things is especially like life coaching and a lot of digital markets especially in the west a lot of them are charlatans not all of them are really useful and what would you say is a sign that you look for to see that someone is legit going to give you good advice and help you do the job uh, rather than someone that is a charlatan that seems like they're good but is hopeless someone who's in the industry someone who's doing it for others like the person whom i reached out to uh, for help in digital marketing see one thing that worked in my favor is that that person is a really good friend of mine we are college batchmates okay so so i know i mean he's a brother he's not going to give me bad advice so that was one thing another thing is that like you know that that proves his credibility is that he is doing digital marketing as a profession he's not a coach he is a digital marketer he doesn't give digital marketing seminars he actually does digital marketing and he has sustained as a freelancer in the industry for like 8 years which speaks volumes because you cannot sustain in this industry as a freelancer for 8 years if you have not delivered results to your client if you have not given them return on investment so he understands the game he knows what it takes and that is why I, i i knew that if he is telling me to do something i should just close my eyes and do it and i did it and the results uh, were as expected like you know we got what we wanted and we still are i still once in a while like you know send him my uh, uh, instagram ad insights and all i screenshot and i send it across to him i'm like what do you think and he tells me that this can be improved this can be improved this can be improved this can be improved for this do this for this do that so and that really helps man that really helps he he in fact that that entire effort we put into like you know having a decent digital presence is also why we sell uh, tickets regularly you know mm. and then see it's also uh i feel that the team that you have with you like the boys who run the club with me there's a bunch of boys there is a boy named sachin then there is gokul then there is vishal then there is uh vivek harish so on on certain days wherein like say we don't have the expected amount of online ticket sales these guys and me we just stand down and we bark and we bark till we at least get 50% of the room full so we always have a plan b in place we know that we, our our thing is as simple as this that we have to have a show hmm. come what may we are not cancelling our show if we have not been able to sell tickets online we'll get the host on the stage and we'll start barking and while the host does like the upfront uh, 10 15 minutes we will try to fill up the room as much as possible yeah and you it's amazing especially like in 10 minutes before the show or Like you just fly someone 
that some of them will actually just come in. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have become very used to that system. My boys have become great at it. I am usually so busy running the backend operations and all of that that I am not able to help them with the barking. But uh, they have become amazing at it. Like 15 minutes you give them on a day where the street is busy and they'll fill up the room for you. Now, did you did you always start off as being a company promoter? Or did was it something that you fell into? I fell into, man, honestly. I, I never thought I'd end up being a comedy promoter or someone who's running a comedy club. Uh, it's just that I, when I started doing comedy, I was already running a couple of business ventures. And which were doing reasonably well. So I always had a knack for business. I always understood understood PLs. I always understood, uh, uh, like you know how to how to make a business sustainable. So I think it just came naturally to me. Like people reached out to me. They asked me, Namit, can you make this work? And I'm like, I think I can, and I did. So, so it just it just I I like you said I fell into it. I I never. I never consciously wanted to do it. It just happened that, you know, I was approached by people to do it and I was good at it. Otherwise, I, I, when, I, when I started doing comedy, I just wanted to be a comic. That's all. Do you still do that or you, would you say you're just more of a promoter now and you don't do as much comedy anymore? No, I'm, I'm still more of a comic. I'm still more of a comic. I run a club and I run maybe... Uh, a club with the highest amount of footfalls in South India, but uh, but and then definitely a club with the highest amount of footfalls in a huge city like Bangalore. But I am still more of a comic. Okay. I am a comic who's also a producer. I'm not a producer who's also a comic. And what would you say is the manner in which you were able to? So how were you able to, what was the question I asked? Yeah. So how does, what, what do you look for in terms of acts? Like how can you detect if someone's a good fit for your audience and are going to do well? And how can you tell if someone's not? And also how does, how do comedy promoting and being a comedian go hand in hand with each other? See, I, I completely keep the comic uh, in me away when I'm making decisions as a producer. Okay, because when I'm making decisions as a producer, the only thing I look at is whether it's... The only thing I look at it is, is the financial permeability of the show. Because see, as a producer, I have understood one thing, that art is subjective. All right. What I might find like, you know, hilarious, a lot of people might not. And what I might find like absolutely boring, a lot of people might love it. So I keep my own personal judgment completely out of the equation whenever I'm booking gigs. My only thing is whether this comic can pull in a certain amount of crowd and whether with our help, we can, you know, he can, he or she can fill up the room. That's all. That's all I look at. It's simple because see, if a comic has like some pull, like say if a comic can sell 150 tickets, a comic can fill up my 150 seater. All right. It doesn't mean squat whether you know i like his comedy or i like her comedy or not that comic can fill up the room that comic can sell tickets so there are clearly people who find that person funny whether i find that person funny or unfunny is absolutely irrelevant so whenever i am 
booking gigs i completely keep like that you know that 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 critique that that how should i put it that that comedians analysis away from from that comics material because as long as the comic has got a pull and has got people who love them and are going to buy tickets to watch him or her live i am i am i am more than happy to host them at my club i am i am i am super objective about it because because art art is subjective we need to understand this okay like you know uh, not like like someone like uh, someone like daniel sloss is not everyone's cup of tea all right some people find him hilariously funny while my girlfriend slept halfway through the special <laughs> okay so so it is that because she doesn't appreciate dark humor much her kind of comedy is more uh, she loves ali wong okay and i find ali wong a little uh, over the top but but if if like say if, if if like say i was running a club big enough i would be as happy to host ali wong as i will be to host daniel sloss because both of them have people who love them both of them have people who love their comedy both of them have uh, you know a huge number of fans and both of them will give me a show which will be financially sustainable and that's the only thing i'm looking at as a comedy producer you have to turn off the comic inside you have you booked any big english comics in india uh, i have not booked many matlab uh, at my club the only big english comic that has come so far is uh, alana gabriel from uh, from australia I, i think she's from australia but uh, she's currently active in the germany circuit okay yeah so she sold out she sold 150 tickets on a on a thursday can you imagine effectively yeah it's all about like the value proposition as a comic you should be thinking about what value you can give uh, someone else rather than what value see that's the thing as a comedy producer i think you just need to have two objectives as a comedy producer i mean as an ethical comedy producer you only need to have two objectives first ensuring that the show is financially sustainable the club doesn't go into losses second make as much money for the comedian as possible whom you're producing because at the end of the day it's the comedian's show it's the comedian's art it's the comedian's fans it's the comedian's audience so they are the ones who should make the most out of that show and so those are the only two things i ensure at every show i take up that i i just want to make sure that we get what we are owed and the comedian makes as much money as possible yeah that's it i try to keep the overheads at the bare minimum i run a, a very tight shift with pnls and and that's why a lot of comedians who have worked with me in the past continue to work with me because they make more money playing my club than they make anywhere else yeah right. it's but is there is there a limit to what you would tolerate from comics even if they are good like if they create a terrible atmosphere at your club or if they're pain in their neck or if they don't do well with the audiences you have see i i just have three rules at the club for any comic okay if you are bombing get off early simple if you are bombing at least don't overtime if you are bombing stick to your spot to the t you are only allowed to take a minute extra if you are killing really hard yeah okay that's one second rule is be respectful to the audience do not make personal remarks 
if you see that an audience member is getting offended read the room and calibrate your material accordingly because while you know you might want to do the material you want to do you have to read the room and you have to make sure that if it's an open mic or a lineup show you don't end up ruining the room for others because you also have that responsibility there are other comics in this line and third rule is very simple be respectful to the staff that's it and then the basic stuff turn up on time all right turn up like 10 minutes prior to the show time all right uh and uh, go through a proper system that i have created for spots like don't ask me directly ask the system who like ask the person whom i have designated the curation to uh and 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 you know only ask him for spots like don't try to jump the line uh and yeah man other than that it's 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 fairly it's fairly simple i mean and and yeah like you said don't be an asshole yeah don't be an asshole like if 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 a big comic has come to the club respect their privacy don't intrude don't ask for selfies don't fucking eat their head before the show oh how do you go about your comedy motherfucker he doesn't want to talk to you he's just being polite yeah a lot of comics do that i i'm i'm sure you would have also noticed it, that if you are hosting a big comic at your club or if you're producing a show for a big comic anywhere all right in the green room if you let a micer in most micers are nice people but some micers are just anal okay they'll just drop in and they think that they are entitled to chewing off the head of the main performer right before his show and 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 most of the most of the big comics they are nice people they are polite because they've been through the grind they outright don't say no to these people but you also know it's affecting them they need to focus right now they have a big show coming up they have to be on the stage for you know 80 minutes 90 minutes straight and deliver nothing should be like you know taking their eye off the ball right now so that is another thing i tell people not to do i'm like don't bother comics right before their one hour show let them have their moment of peace that's why i've got like a very nice designated green room in the club which is which which i only which is only accessible to people who are doing solo shows okay. so that they can just sit in peace without being bothered by anyone okay and what about um yeah what what's been what's been what's been a mad example you've encountered that the reverse is what you want don't say the comic's name or like anything but what's been a situation where you're like what the hell's going on here what's been a mad moment like while during an open mic or during a show you're saying show open mic what's a mad thing that a comedian has done to you that that you you question hmm during a well, there are so many of them man <laughs> there are so many of them uh there is this comic from bangalore he's one of the most seasoned comics uh in the city okay but i don't know that day he was just like somehow his fuse was off and uh, he got like the worst audience ever okay a uh, bunch of hecklers and all of them sitting in the front row and i and 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 for a moment he was trying to engage in a conversation with them but he was not able to and that day he was off his game also he was not able to like you know uh, give the right rebuttals with jokes so at one point in time he just became like a professor and he started shut the fuck up shut the fuck up i'm asking you to shut the fuck up will you shut the fuck up and i'm like dude what the fuck you're not supposed to do that if you cannot reply with humor get off the stage bring the next act on 
they will deal with the heckler call me on i'll deal with the heckler but you cannot say shut the fuck up to the audience so that that was that was one very wild moment and in fact i ended up like you know banning that comedian from the club for like a couple of weeks i'm like dude you've got like a lot of issues work on them once you've got your head like in the right space then come back but uh just 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 take a break then there there there's another idiot comedian who used to come frequently at the club who was subconsciously lifting jokes from everyone oh yeah like like it reached a point wherein we had to like you know make him sit out uh of the room when other comics were performing i'm like you do not get to watch anyone perform because we had subconsciously seen him lifting so many jokes like he lifted two or three of my lines uh and because he was a good kid and he said that he he he'll not do it again and all of that we gave him a few chances because he used to help out with the club also but eventually it reached a point where in comics uh started becoming averse to coming to the club when he was performing because they were scared that their jokes might get stolen so uh a couple of weeks back i did an open poll i'm like guys are you uncomfortable with this guy being on the same lineup as you are because you are worried about your jokes being stolen and a bunch of them replied saying yes and so that's so why i had to like you know ban this guy off for a month okay you take a break work on your shit come write like a few like like write like a new five cents five, five five seven minutes and then come back so so let's see after a month if he comes back does he have fresh material because if he again starts doing it this time i've told him that only one instance and then you're banned for good i'll never let you inside the club no oh. I reckon he'll yeah. do. I reckon huh? he'll play nice for a bit, and I reckon he'll still try and push it once he's once he's got. Your... He has already tried to, but this time he knows that if 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 he tries to push it again, uh, yeah, he'll be out. That much oh. he knows me, and and that much I've made clear to him also. So and there's there's another crazy thing that happened, man. Oh, oh, how can I how can I forget that? Uh. uh there was this one idiot comic who got drunk one micer okay it's a micer it's not even a comic like he has just been because see in in bangalore we we follow this clear distinction that if you have been at it for like more than a couple of years then you are a comic if you have just done like say some 20 open mics in a year you are still at a you are still a micer you are you are not exactly a comic you are just someone who's hitting open mics don't call yourself a comic okay because a comic also i feel is a tag that you have earned because a comic means that you are at least an amateur after 20 mics you're not even an amateur after 20 mics you're someone who can still quit it so so this idiot bugger cocky as hell he thinks like after 10 mics he thought he was going to be like the next carlin or something okay and uh, one day he turns up to the club drunk and and and, and i had already banned him for turning up late to mics he had turned up at three of the mics completely drunk so i i told him that you know uh uh like you're banned for a month and all so he came that day at the club to apologize to me and he was he was drunk out of his wits and that day i have like a pretty big artist dropping in from delhi to do two shows two trial shows at the club okay he has he had sold out the small room twice and he's sitting in the green room and this guy when i'm talking to the headliner for the night barges into the green room man 
he barges into the green room i'm like dude you're not supposed to at least fucking knock like this guy he over here he's a legit celebrity he deserves a knock i'm not saying you're not allowed to talk to him or anything he deserves a knock and then after his show got over okay audience went was leaving and all i escorted this guy back to the green room i heard suddenly someone speaking on the mic hi ladies and gentlemen my name is blah 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 and i would like to do a few jokes in front of you it is someone else's show that guy has ended the show and this guy while the audience is leaving suddenly picked up the mic and wanted to do some jokes for his audience at his show without taking his consent and what happened nothing i had i, I called the bouncers they threw him out i mean that was the only thing left to do i'm like i called the bouncer i'm like i throw this guy out of the gate and after that that guy tried to reach out to me so many times in fact it reached a point where in one day he called me and he's like namit i do i don't think you should be gatekeeping open mics at a club i'm like i'm not doing any gatekeeping man you are not allowed because you are a piece of shit you behave like an absolute asshole you picked up the mic without asking anyone at someone else's show in front of someone else's audience and 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 and, and what you did that way was beyond unprofessional and then also you breached the privacy of the green room what if that artist was changing hmm. i mean there are certain protocols that you have to follow if you don't follow them you are a piece of shit so i'm not so he actually accused me that namit you are gatekeeping open mics this is not done i'm like i'm not gatekeeping open mics you are not allowed because you are an ass otherwise everyone's allowed yeah that's a bit <laughs> Yeah. That's a bit too much, man. I know, and imagine how traumatizing it would be for me to fucking deal with it, because the audience is also looking at him. They are like, "What the heck?" Because see, the audience is a little taken aback. Audience in general are like really nice people. If someone asks them to stop, they stop. They actually stop to see what this guy had got to say, and then within five seconds they could make out that he was completely inebriated. Like, like he was at a point he would have gagged on the stage. Yeah, so, hard to get some yeah, people man. off. <laughs> yeah. Now, who who were like real amazing comics in the Bangalore comedy scene that you were like? They're incredible. They're awesome. And what have been some amazing moments where comedian? What have been magical moments at the club? Oh, magical moments at a club. Okay. Uh, see, one magical moment that I'll remember. Oh, it includes me. Is that uh, there's a comic uh, named Karthik Kumar who dropped into the club, and he's a Tamil comic. He does comedy in Tamil, which is a completely different language. And I opened for him, and I did like close to eight minutes, and I was very skeptical because his family is primarily family audience and all of that. And I somehow ended up doing my most. uh scathing material while opening for him hmm. and it fucking worked i could see like you know uh people in their 50s and 60s actually laughing at my dick cunt jokes which was which is something i didn't expect his audience to get that day i just did it because it was muscle memory i was tired after travel and i just couldn't think of any other set to do so i i did what came naturally to me but when they actually applauded at those jokes that was that was magical because this is a hardcore traditional family regional language comedy crowd and i am doing 
you know i'm doing filthy jokes in english and they are loving it so that was one one really really magical moment and uh, other than that um, other than that like we have a lot of these moments yaar wherein wherein uh, at open mics you know one day one comic has his day and people are like completely blown away and they are like oh shit man this is better than anything i've seen in my life and the guy is still a no name comic from the local circuit this happens a lot of times because sometimes a comic just has his day and some of the bangalore comics have also become you know they've reached that point wherein you can put them at par with a lot of indian comics who are now doing international tours in fact i i know that a lot of bangalore comics if on a lineup show can give uh, a lot of big names in the industry uh, a hard time if they are on the same lineup because they have the potential to maybe on 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 certain days kill much harder oh yep yep because see it's 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 the work ethic it's the work ethic and and honestly i think uh, again this is i'm saying purely from a comedian's perspective that your the the, the true ju- the, the true judgment of your material is actually at open mics okay because over there the audience is neutral they are not they are not fanboying or fangirling over anyone so if you have a packed room for an open mic like say if you got if you got like 40 people for an open mic that day is the true test of your material because that day a lot of famous comics also drop into the club and eat shit whereas the same jokes if they are doing in front of their audience they will get like in 7 minutes they'll get seven applause breaks hmm. so 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 the real test of your material is in front of a neutral audience people who don't know you they are the best judge of like what your material is truly worth because people who are already your fans they love more or less anything you say no like we like see bilber is one of the geniuses of our time all right but we'll all be lying if we say that you know that that some of bilber's jokes in his last special the paper tiger were not repetitive He's yeah because we already like him and we've got a perception that he's good he has it much easier yeah he has it much easier because he actually repeated a lot of premises he just extended from his last special about about uh, a lot of premises about feminism those were basically extensions of his last special if you come to think of it and if it was like say a newer comic we will not be this forgiving yeah you be like hey man till when are you going to like you know keep harping the old tune come up with something new but because it's bilber we're like ah man it's bilber who who would you say uh comics that you'd like to have at your club and who are comics in bangalore like big name comics that you really admire in and- bangalore we don't have any big names to be honest because from bangalore everyone who made it big moved to bombay So who who uh, who is who has been a comedian in Bangalore that's made it big and made it to Mumbai and who has so many of them man Kanan Gill started in Bangalore I'm sure you know Kanan Gill No I don't but I don't know You don't, don't know Kanan Gill oh man you have to watch his special but uh, see from Bangalore Kanan Gill is one comic uh, who has really really made it big uh, he already has like what a couple of specials out one on amazon prime one on netflix and his last special i think he released it for 3 4 days on a different website and it was only live for 3 days okay and who okay so 
So Kanan is currently, I think, one of the best writers in in India. He's he's like a cut above the rest. You can say that when it comes to English comics, he may be the best writer in the country right now. And what about um, the who's a big who's a, who's a big one coming up that you think is going to be a big star? Oh, there's this there's this uh, girl named Shrija Chaturvedi. Shrija Chaturvedi. Her observations are out of this world, man. She she is phenomenal. And what would you say is um, yeah? What is the who forgotten? Yeah. What advice would you give to comedians that are listening now that want to? If you uh, man, I mean the only only advice I can give to anyone who's pursuing this as a career is that. you decide what success for you it's it's as simple as that if if you let others others decide what success for you then you're you're in a world of pain you decide what you want to do like i like like i have made peace with the fact that i'm happy being a club comic i'm happy being a club runner i am not looking to get famous anytime soon i'm because because i have my my my, my goal from comedy was because i come from like a small town and i don't have like a lot of uh how should i put it like a lot of uh inherited money lying around so my first goal when i started doing comedy was to make it sustainable to 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 make it cover my life expenses so i have reached that point by running a club and by doing corporate shows and by uh uh you know by by hustling hard so for me this is success for me i am in a good place i am in a happy place hmm. so you know you you decide what is success for you in this field like say if you are not if you are a comic who doesn't sell out auditoriums or who doesn't sell out clubs but gets a lot of corporate shows gets a lot of private gigs that's also a form of success because there are a lot of comics who are selling out auditoriums but are not getting corporate shows hmm. because they don't have the right material for it or they don't have the uh, right image for it so you decide what success for you and you find your tribe and you perform for your tribe you 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 write jokes for them hmm. okay eventually because it's your tribe that's going to stay with you so even if like say at times you're bombing at open mics okay but you have a feeling that this joke will relate with your tribe maybe one day that you get a good recording put it out and see if it resonates with the kind of people you want to you know resonate it with and if it does then you have found your then you have found your niche so while open mics mics matter and while you know your 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 content should cover like a wide spectrum of audience it is actually it's absolutely okay if your jokes don't make sense to everyone it's it's absolutely fine you don't have to please everyone you are not in a business wherein you can please everyone so you know i think i think because that is one place where a lot of comics get stuck that i am not destroying as hard as this comic regularly at open mics and i'm like yeah fine ye yeah, it's 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 okay it's chill i mean is are your jokes making sense to people whom you're targeting to be your audience yeah so you know i think i think that's that's one because again like killing at open mic matters it matters it establishes you as a comic it 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 it, it, it put your name out in the circuit but it's also not the end of the world for a for perhaps a club comic like me who's only uh, sustaining doing club gigs 
it might be the end of the world for me. If I bomb at an open mic, I feel like shit because that's the only thing I'm doing other than corporate gigs. But if you're someone who is also an Instagram, who's also an Instagrammer, who's making funny reels on Instagram and is able to pull in crowd for stand-up comedy through that, go for it, man. No stress. Yeah. You know, don't let people tell you, hey, you're an influencer, you can't do comedy. They can cock up. You're selling tickets. You have found your audience. You have found your fan base. Your jokes make them laugh. Your content brings happiness in their life. Stick with it. Do not listen to naysayers because that is one problem I think the comedy circuit around the world has that they have a lot of naysayers. Oh, he's success. Like, have you noticed this, Marvin? I'm, I'm sure you would have noticed this uh, uh, in your circuit as well that whenever someone becomes successful, there are people trying to justify their success. No. That, oh, he is successful because he does that or, oh, she's successful because she does that. Does it really matter? Yeah. As long as they got there by working hard, does it really matter? No. So, yeah. Now, for anyone that's um, listening now and they're like, Namit Jane, he's awesome guy. We want to find out about you. How do they find out about you? Do they find out about you in, I don't know, in a hostel? Do they find out about you in a, in like Twitter, Instagram, uh, Reel? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not very active on any of the social media handles, to be honest. But yeah, I keep uploading some stuff on Instagram every now and then. Uh, on, on Instagram, you can find me uh, at the rate nightclub comic. So I'm called nightclub comic on Instagram. Okay. So and what about the comedy club and like... Uh, it's called Just BLR Comedy Club. J-U-S-T. BLR is short for Bangalore. Just BLR Comedy Club. So you can find the comedy club on Instagram by that name. Instagram is the only social media platform that me and the club actively use. So whatever updates you need to find regarding the club or uh, you know regarding me, you'll find them on Instagram only because I have given up on Facebook. I've given up on Twitter. I mean, Twitter is not Twitter anymore. Twitter is X. So... Uh, Instagram is where you can find all the details. Okay. So people listening in, you know where to find about Namit. If you're in it, Bangalore, you know the comedy club you need to go to. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe it, share it with your friends, give it a five-star view on Amazon on iTunes. And yeah, I'll see you at the next episode. The next comedian I'm likely to be talking to is a comedian from Wales. But I'll see you guys soon. I know I've been a... Yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Take care.